Hello, friends. I'm Rebecca. And I'm Kenton. This is Rewild University's Unleash Your Life podcast. Mm-hmm. How can I get this on here? Just, hmm. Oh, Sweetie. look at that. Hey, hey, look. What are you doing? What? Oh. You're taping something to the front of our cell phone? Yeah. I'm taping over the, um, the clock. Darn thing. You're taping over the clock. Yeah. Okay. Remember how we used to like tape over all the clocks in our house? In yeah. our car? and yeah. Anywhere we could find them. Yes. But Same thing? This is a cell phone? Yeah. So then if you tape over where the clock is, then when you go to a different screen, like say to text someone or to dial a number, then the paper is going to be over what you're trying to see. Oh, I didn't really think of that. Yeah, and you won't hmm. be able to use your screen. I mean, it's a great idea. You're really cute. Thanks. So yeah. what's, the, <laughs> what's the deal with trying to cover up the clock. Oh, I was just thinking. I mean, can't you just turn it off like on your phone? usual, maybe not thinking. <laughs> is there a way to do that? Not think? <laughs> no. That's what Zen meditation is all about. No, and not. I practice hey. that two more hours every morning. It's <laughs> Two mornings off. every hour? <laughs> it's the breath holding that's getting you. Oh, no. No, what I mean is, can you turn off the clock on the phone? Is that like in your settings? Do you know? I, I have no idea. That would be technical, and that would be beyond my scope. Oh, whatever. Piece of paper. It's very effective. You know, just nice, old school. It's old fashioned. Yeah. It gets the job done. So why do you not want to see the clock? Yeah, then I couldn't use it for my breath holding either. I guess I just didn't think. Yeah. It is the breath holding. It's getting to me. Mm-hmm. And we're practicing, I'm practicing, well, Mirabelle and I, breath holding for our Hawaii adventures. I'm going to have to spearfish to get some food for the family and... Got to get my breath hold up. Yeah, this still does not explain why you don't want to see the clock. You know, it's because it's so addictive. I mean, this is what we share with forest monks. You got to get off time because it's, well, it's one of those things, Becca, that is a sanctioned addiction. Ooh, sanctioned addiction. That sounds like an interesting combination of words. Cell phones. I'm holding one right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a sanctioned addiction. Mm, coffee, all these mm. things that effectively are drugs that our culture says, hey, this is just normal. And sometimes we don't even think of them as addictions. I mean, you just sit down, watch TV for three hours a day, and maybe you're pretty upset if you can't see your TV or your TV doesn't work, but no one's going to say you're addicted to it. Mm. That's interesting. That is true. I wonder how many things we could... If we, it would be fun to come up with a list. A big list of sanctioned addictions? <laughs> yes. Probably it's, there are more than we realize. The whole topic is kind of fascinating. Because so, what is... Anyway. Well, sanctioned addiction, though, what I also am hearing in your implication there is that these are sort of unexamined beliefs that we hold. It's just normal to watch television. It's just normal to look at your clock. Normal. When forest monks come out here, we have a a no time policy. So we ask them obviously not to have cell phones with them and not to have watches or any other kind of timekeeper. Yeah, I mean we tried that once with the watch for that 11 month program, but that 
That didn't go great. No. Well, the point was to try to give them an ability to get up, to have a schedule, to do an hour of meditation, to be able to keep track of some of the things they were doing in their off time, but that did not work. It really didn't work very well. And we, we tried to get them off of time for some specific reasons because it's life-changing, but boy, there can be huge resistance to it. Oh, it's interesting because you would think of kind of all the things that you're coming out to the wilderness to let go of that the phone would not be the hardest one. <laughs> but that has been really tough. Or watch. A couple of people have had watches with them and then giving up their watch or their phone that keeps the time is really challenging. I think, I kept trying to think, I went to visit one of the monks at one point in time and they were, you know, said, well, what time is it? And I said, well, it's, you know, it's daytime or something like that. <laughs> I'm like, well, what, why? What's going on? Because I didn't know maybe sometimes monks need to get in to have an important phone call with their family. They've decided ahead of time or whatever. So I said, why in this? Yeah. I just, I just want to know what time it is. I just need to know what time it is. And that quote, I, I just want to know what time it is. We've heard that many times, many times over. And it's a very, very telling quote because it's showing that there's something inside of us that when we don't have our time fix, it starts to get pretty agitated. I, I could share a story here sure. and I'm not going to use names, but there was a person we worked with a long time ago and he had a, uh, our criminal background and was actually about to go to prison and the judge said he could work with us for a week and he came out into the woods with me and we were up above an area where there were some houses down below in the valley and one night he decided that well I just saw him get up out of his shelter that we had made and he started sneaking down towards the houses so I followed him <laughs> and he was not as sneaky as he thought he was. No, not quite. <laughs> and, and he went down to the houses and he was looking in some windows. And, and I was going to intervene, but he came back out pretty quickly. And I went up and I waited for him on the trail and, and talked to him there. And he said, Kenton, I know I could have gotten big, big trouble. Oh, can you I imagine? Mean, Huge it, it, trouble. You're already going to serve time yeah and he would have served more time from going down and you know getting caught peeking in windows which <laughs> so what so what was the situation he had looked into a kitchen window seen a clock and then all he the tension better. was gone <laughs> he wanted to know what time it was he had been up all night and this was about two in the morning he just had to know what time it was wow and his situation might sound crazy but it is not all that super unusual. We've had forest monks that will make every excuse under the sun to not give up their watch mm -hmm. and to try to just hold on to it a, a little bit longer, a little bit longer. I'll get rid of it tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And it just keeps going on and on. So, but all of our forest monks do give up their timepieces. And what lies on the other side, what's waiting there, is something that they have often remarked on. Hallelujah! <laughs> How amazing it feels. I'm trying to think of who it was. I don't know. One of our forest monks came back one time from some hike or overnight they'd been on and said, gosh, I don't know what day it is. I don't know what time it is. I don't even really know how long I've been here, and it feels great. <laughs> there was, you know, it wasn't that long ago, 10,000 plus years ago, that we were all hunter-gatherers, and 
there was no need for time. We forget that this is really a modern human invention in that when you're living in the forest, when you're living in the desert, there's the day is its own organic mm -hmm. unfolding thing. Now, there's a sense of, okay, sun's going to well, set in a while. Yeah, I was going to say, certainly there are cycles. There are rhythms. Yes. There are seasons. I mean, if you look at people who were perhaps nomadic hunter-gatherers, they probably noticed, okay, the days are shortening. We want to move here because this is where these things grow at this time of the year. Mm -hmm. And it was very based on survival and needing to know those things, yet not the same as what time is it right now, what hour, what minute. Right. We have broken up our lives into these units. And you, you and I are lucky enough to get to see what happens when people free themselves of those units. And we've spent a fair amount of our life free of those units. And we know that there is something profound that is very difficult to explain that happens in the human psychology when we're free of time. Our our whole outlook on life can shift because there's there's no longer a feeling of of chopped upness mm. as you can see words are failing me but forest monks will say ah oh, i just when when i'm hungry mm -hmm. i eat i start doing things in line with my natural cycles and the cycles of the sun and darkness and all of that it's interesting you bring that up because I feel like when you said the chopped up bits I feel like at least from my perspective that a lot of times in our modern culture we now live based on the clock and pardon me but screw the natural cycles my clock says this it's time for this the clock is it rules our lives in very very many ways so in a conventional lifestyle it tells us when to get up it tells us when to eat it tells us, you know, essentially when we're going to go to the bathroom. It tells us when we're going to go to work and very precisely at work when certain tasks are going to be done, when we're going to wow. stop and eat again. So one thing that I'm only even just realizing as we're talking about this is that this leads to a sense of rushing too or stress. I need to get there. I mean, think of how many times you've been snippy with your spouse or your child or your whomever it might be because I need to get out the door because the clock says this. Yes. And how awful do we feel when we've been really just nasty with everyone and we show up at work and we realize, oh, look it, my clock's actually 10 minutes past and I'm totally okay. And I didn't need to yell at people. I didn't need to honk at that person You know, in the as I was driving to work. Amazes me that that gives us this sense of compression. Oh, what a perfect word for it. And so you see how chopping up our lives can create this kind of low to mid-grade constant stress in our lives. Even, as you're pointing out, getting us to uh, attack people around us mm -hmm. verbally and emotionally to not be our best selves Worry. in very, very many ways. When we see the forest monks freed of that, that's suddenly all... Gone. Yeah, there's a big sense of expansiveness, although I want to say that I feel as though I notice there's a period that people go through, a grace period, where there is a struggle of wanting to know what time it is, not being able to have it, and somehow having to make peace with you're not going to know what time it is. Oh yeah, I mean this is a real life addiction, 
And like all real life addictions, most of us, we're going to have that withdrawal period and it's going to be painful and it's hard for a lot of people. So if at some point you're going to try this yourself, just remember that there's going to be a period of time that you are going to be uncomfortable. You're going to want to look at the kitchen stove. You're going to want to check your cell phone and you need to just resist that urge because eventually it gets easier and you don't even care. All right. So before we get into too much more in detail here about how great it is to go without time, etc. I'm questioning, been nagging at me a little, what is time anyway? It's this kind of made up concept, but where did it come from? What are we actually in need of here? What is this thing? <laughs> I remember talking to somebody once and, and I was saying, you know, really time is just this made up human construct and it's, it's kind of arbitrary in that sense. And he said, well, no, 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 it's not. It's based on the sun. And there's 24 hours in a day, so it's a real thing. It takes the, the 24 hours to go, whatever. We know what we're talking about. Right. But there wasn't a question of the hours. Because, like, where does an hour come from? Right. Who, who made that up? It because could it have could have been, been anything. 95 Higgleducks. 95 Higgleducks in what day? Hey, what Higgleduck is it? Right. <laughs> we, we chose this thing called an, an hour and broke it into minutes and seconds. And so... This thing truly is a human construct that's made up, and we could have made it up really any way we wanted. You can even envision a world where we didn't break up time into those little units. It's kind of interesting how it all came about. Well, yeah, because obviously somebody had to figure that out. It's not like you go back millions of years and find watches in the ground. No, no. it's <laughs> So apparently originally... The hour was a concept of 12 units, but it, it didn't have a set amount of time. An hour changed throughout mm. the year because it was from sunrise to sunset, and that divided into 12 units. Okay. So up here in Wisconsin, you know, in the, in the winter, our hour would be quite very short. short. Very and short. Very long in the summer. Yes. And... It was this amorphous concept until we started mechanizing Yeah, clocks. but who came up with this anyway? Where is this from? Well, okay. So we have to go back to the ancient Babylonians. Ooh. Yeah. And they, no, this does not explain the 12, but the Babylonians created our, our 60, our 60 second, 60 minute concept within mm. the hour. I don't know where those hours the 12 hours came from. Hmm. But but the Babylonians had, okay, so we have a 10-base system. Okay. 10, 20, 30, 40. Everything's based on on tens. And they had a 60-based system. Hmm. And it worked really well for astronomy. And that it was, it was awesome for them. We, of course, the rest of the world switched eventually away from it, but not completely. Because you see all these influences of where that Babylonian system is still there. And one of the primary ones is in our breakdown of time because we have this hours broken into 60 minutes, 60 seconds. Did they have a way to denote these time frames or was it kind of loosely based? I mean, obviously, again, there wasn't some you know, digital watch sitting on everybody's wrist. No, the so the very earliest timekeepers were basically obelisks 
Okay, like a tall, pointy rock structure yeah. thing. And you would watch the shadow go across. Oh, okay, like a sundial. Yes. And then since that time, there's been this pretty fun series of technological shifts. And it's gone from, oh, we had water clocks, 1500 BC. And those would, in China, they would fill up a vessel mm -hmm. that would be marked, delineated. Oh, with, and then as it dripped out. Yeah. And Christian Huygens, and this is about 1600-ish, and Galileo had figured out pendulums. Uh-huh, like in a grandfather clock. Yeah, he was looking at, at pendulums and how they, they go back and forth, and he noted that it wasn't the weight of a pendulum, mm -hmm. but it's the length of oh. string, let's say, that, okay. it's, that it's set on that determines its... Uh, progression back and forth so the period between each movement and that Christian Huygens looked at that and said hmm this back and forth if this could be a regular time it could be oh, used if you could keep it going right so then boy all this technology to try to get a pendulum to swing at a regular amount of time and it was actually sailing on the sea that created the need for something even more mechanized because hmm. the pendulums that worked on land as they started getting things with with a little uh, gear thing to go back and forth did not work out at sea hmm. because the pendulum would get oh, messed yeah. up by the... Yeah, yes. rocking ship, rocking waves. And so a guy named John Harrison came up with a timekeeper that could be used out on those sea vessels hmm. and you know, he's another one of the big names in this progression of timekeepers. And of course, now we've progressed all the way to keeping time atomically with the atomic decay of uh, cesium, I think. You're looking at me like, I know what this is. <laughs> is some element or something? Yes. Okay. Yes, yes. And so we've got this, this really cool progression into these super accurate timekeepers but what that has done psychologically is we've progressed from an organic concept of time mm -hmm. that is kind of based on how things feel and the setting and rising of the sun and the spacious seasons. it's like as we're getting ready to go to hawaii it's like island time or people say like mexico time or something where right. you just don't take it as seriously you can all sit back in the sun a little bit you're early or you're late uh, no problem it's uh, so the amount of seconds used to be there a certain amount of seconds in a year uh, 32 million maybe i'm in the wrong maybe it's billion i don't know <laughs> seconds in a year mm -hmm. and that was that was the way that we would look at you know what a second was mm. but then we figured out oh well the earth it's always you know its orbit actually isn't even the same every year it can, it can change <laughs> the earth is not accurate enough <laughs> so now our atomic clocks have corrected the earth's orbit oh, so we've man. gone so far that we <laughs> you have know, created a culture now that needs timekeeping it's not just an addiction but it's a it's a need for the way our culture functions so we've kind of scrapped the relying on the natural things wow okay and i love this i mean we've said a sense of timelessness gives you a spaciousness it it prevents all some of that stress from rushing or worrying about things and gives you i would imagine and from my life i see this a sense of being able to be more present mm -hmm. because you don't have to worry about rushing to the next thing or about what time is it so i can get to this or that and that is beautiful but 
I'm just going to be that person that's like, we still have to live our lives. And a lot of us, I mean, I'm sure a lot of you out there listening, you have a job, you need to get there on time. They're not going to understand if you walk in and say, you know, I was just experimenting with timelessness today. <laughs> nope. Probably <laughs> so, not going to go for that. <laughs> so what, what gives? I mean, what do we do? Oh, you know, that's, that's a super good question because many things in rewilding as we look at it we're like, how are we going to implement this and i'm going to actually suggest something here to say that it is possible to create a relatively time-free life even in a conventional sense now this is not going to hold for everybody because you may have that job but we'll even talk about how you can incorporate some of this if you have to be at your job at 7 a.m okay so do you remember we used to have a uh, business as interior painters? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And because we were our own boss and we had a contract with a couple different places, we could go in when we wanted to, stay as long as we wanted, and come back. So by being entrepreneurs and being our own bosses, we hit that period in our life where we could put tape over all of our clocks. Yes, that was that period in time. And it didn't really matter because of the way that our contracts were structured. We could go paint in the middle of the night if we needed to, doing some repair work and other things. Yeah, that that worked out really nicely. And there are more and more opportunities for people to work out of their house, to... Well, I'm thinking about my brother. Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah, hi my brother out there hey Jeff <laughs> uh, he's just got to be so proud of himself and I am too because he's really created for himself something that is sort of outside of what our modern culture has told us is the right way to do things mm-hmm. but he has made for himself now a life where he can work from home and he has unlimited vacation and he can basically choose when he wants to work and from where so, and he did all of that. I just need to say, I got to brag as the older sister, without a college degree. He taught himself everything he knows. And we're talking this guy knows like cloud and he figures out what's wrong with systems inside of computers at major, major companies. Like, like he knows really a whole good bunch money. of stuff. <laughs> yes, he is. He is one of those cases where you can look at and he says, yeah, it worked for me to teach myself. That was what worked for me, and I have taught myself everything I know. And and then he brought up in today's market, and again, I don't know that much about this, but it seems to be potentially true, that a lot of times the employers that he's looking at working for, they don't even necessarily care as much about a degree as the fact that you can teach yourself what you need to know. And it shows that you have that determination and drive to figure stuff out. So they're not sitting there babysitting you and trying to teach you everything for you. I think especially in the tech fields, things are changing so quickly that you have to be capable of self-education and oddly on the flip side in the primitive technology the stuff that we teach that stuff is timeless and that's also stuff that you can learn on your own and start to share with the world there are many opportunities to live a fairly conventional lifestyle that is unconventional unconventional enough that you can be relatively time free Okay, but you mentioned um, it's going to be that person. Hello, hello, remember me. What about if you do have to get to a 9-to-5 job? Or maybe you are somebody who has to take a certain amount of medication at specific times every day. Or there's you got to pick your kids up from daycare at a specific time. What about those people? Or, I mean, even we sometimes have things we've got. you got to be to that appointment. What about that? Absolutely. And that's where, like many substances... <laughs> 
We have a cell phone. I can't believe we're calling time a substance. <laughs> like many drug substances, yes. And that's and I'm comparing the cell phone here to a to a drug. It's like heroin. And we keep it in the house and we utilize it. Now we do not keep heroin in our house and utilize it. No. But we keep a cell phone in the, the house. Phone <laughs> in the house. <laughs> but you are saying that they can be as addictive as yes. it's, a, a it's major like drug. heroin. Yeah. Okay. So we keep it in our house. And we use it. And even our children we use it sometimes. But none of us are typically ever going to be found on it. We use it as a tool for specific purposes. And so if we start to think of time as a tool that we use for specific purposes. A tool, not a toy. That's what I always have told the girls. That's a tool, not a toy. <laughs> yeah. Then it shifts around and I think, okay, there's this addictive part of me that just wants to constantly look and see what time it is. What time is it? What time is it? Mm. But if I can kick that habit, I can start using time as a tool and say, okay, I know that I have to be at an appointment at 4.30 today. I might even just set my alarm for, for 4 o'clock because I know I need to get in the car at 4 o'clock. And I'll have that alarm there next to me. Or I can use my clock and look and say, okay, I'm just going to use it today until I go to that appointment. When I'm done with that appointment, I'm going home to the family there's not going to be any need for time. Can I then go time free for that duration? So it's leading a hybrid life where you use time as a tool. And then any time you don't need to use time, you don't need to have it there. So basically, you use time when it's appropriate, when you have to, and then you go time free. Yeah. Yeah. I think kind of develop an aversion to these things because time, cell phones, Movies, all these things, they will hook us really hard and strong if we aren't pretty darn disciplined. Mm. So it's about being disciplined with these things. So basically, whatever your life is out there, for those of you that are listening, examine it and say, hey, where are the spaces where I could be time-free? And of course, we'll have some more ideas in the action points. But be a, a guinea pig, experiment on yourself and ask yourself, hey, and be honest, do I have a problem with time? Am I constantly checking the clock? Am I taking things too seriously? Because we all agreed on this as a concept. We all agree to use it. But is it driving you or are using are you using it as a tool? And I can pretty much guarantee that if you find a way to go time-free in at least part of your life after you get over the, we, the withdrawal, the addictive withdrawal, you will find that time-free time is is life-changing you are able to be present moment as you said rebecca you will be less temperamental you will not feel rushed you will be less stressed it has so many benefits time slows down it does it truly does our days are sometimes endless and i do blame a lot of that or i guess whatever the opposite of blame is that it's because we aren't looking at the clock all the time i think so today it has felt endless to me i been out and had a session with forest monks. Went We've for gone super for two long walks, thing, two hikes. We've, we've cooked a great breakfast. Corrected a thing with the podcast that we, was given. Oh us my gosh, we're not even going to tell you all like, the things we've done today. We have done so many things today. Giant list, and it's, it does not feel full, does it? I mean, it's only like the afternoon. So, and again, what time is it? Uh, you're <laughs> funny. You got me there. I'm like, for real? <laughs> I can't tell because it's got a piece of paper over it. Um, <laughs> 
what I wanted to say is you don't have to be like us. I know some of you out there listening, you might be like me, a little bit more of the pragmatic type who's like, yeah, sure, works great for you guys. Again, create a time-free space in your life. And we'll get to that in the action points. But I, I first have to stop and say that part of the reason why we get to live this life that we do is because of all of you who support our work and our mission. Those of you that are our patrons through PayPal and Patreon, bless you, bless you, bless you. This is such a great thing to be able to do. We get to be guinea pigs on ourselves. We get to explore these different concepts and we get to share them with you and we get to hear feedback and it creates such a wonderful community. Oh, because we give our things away to people who are asking for them because we want our stuff to be available to anybody, it, we could not do this without you, literally. And you allow this to be. We should talk about give because we're actually about to embark on this really... wild and crazy mission. For those of you who haven't heard, we're doing something called the 100% Project. We'll be heading to Hawaii this the end of summer here, and we're going to spend a year on the big island in Hawaii. And while we're there, we're going to take and every month, 10%, we're going to add 10%, 10%, 20 30 of our food is going to come from hunting, fishing, foraging, growing through permaculture and agroforestry, and from local farmers markets, food grown and raised within 50 miles of us. And we're going to be doing this with our family of four and another family of four. And not only that, but we've met a wonderful host family on the big island, and we are going to be helping them to rebuild their land that had some damage from lava from last year. We're going to be living pretty primitively, but there's still going to be costs involved. And we have started a give. It's the equivalent of a GoFundMe, a give page. And you can find it on rewildu.com slash donations slash give. Or you can just go to our website and you'll see information on the 100% project right across the top bar. But we really need some help with this. There's some people in the world that are doing this who are single, mm-hmm. that are kind of going grocery store free. But this is going to be two families of four with little kids. And we want to show that this is possible. And we are going to be, of course, reaching out to the world with our videos and our podcast and showing people how to choose their own percent. We really need your help. Consider making a donation on our Give page. It will really help us to make this mission successful. Wow. Okay, I'm so excited and a little nervous. All right, (laughs) let's do, it's time for you to unleash your life. Action point number one. Setting alarms can actually be kind of a cool way to use technology, use a timekeeper like a cell phone, to kind of undo time. So it is possible, if you think about this, even if you have four different appointments or things during the day, let's say that you have to be to at a certain time. Mm -hmm. If you think about it carefully, you can use alarms on your phone in order to make sure that you are alarmed at such a time when it is appropriate for you to start getting ready Mm -hmm. and maybe alarmed when it's time for you to get into the car. Yeah, I like that. So 
pick a nice sounding alarm though one that you like <laughs> because <laughs> nice chime yeah something music. that keeps you relaxed the the point of it is i use this with lists sometimes when i think oh i should do that oh and i need to remember that eventually my brain's like oh i have too many things in there so if i write a list granted lists never end but it helps me to feel like i've put this on a list i can see where it is i don't have to carry remembering that for the next three days and it's the same thing with the time i'm setting the alarm the alarm is going to help me so that i can just focus on the tasks that i'm doing right now i can be present moment maybe i'm playing with my kids i can spend all the time i want and then i can hear the alarm and you know what it isn't like instantly i have to head out the door it's like oh look i built in a buffer okay everybody you know three more minutes whatever a nice. little bit more time yeah you might notice an interesting little psychological thing in yourself which is that, let's say you have the uh, some Beethoven as the alarm that says it's time to start getting ready. And you might hear that, but often when people first start doing this, they won't trust that alarm. <laughs> is it really going off at, at 7.30? Or I, I kind of have to look and just make sure it's actually going off at 7.30. So it's interesting that we'll trust the numbers, but mm. we won't trust the technology that we've used to set an alarm to those numbers yes. and the mind will do all kinds of things like like uh, maybe the mal it malfunctioned or maybe I set it to the wrong time or all, all these things that it will come up with to try to get you to look at those numbers <laughs> look at me oh my gosh okay so so using the technology as a tool wisely setting alarms I like it um, how about action point number two have a time free day or barring that, how about an evening or a morning or an afternoon, sometime that you know you can simply not look at any clocks. Time-free zones. And it's going to be this period of time when you get that freedom. It's, it's fairly easy to do in almost all lifestyles because usually you know, we get home from work and there's, there's time that isn't structured. Now, maybe you want to watch your favorite show or something at 8 o'clock. Mm -hmm. And you could hybridize these and you could set an alarm to go off at quarter to eight. But then use that time from the time you get home until that alarm goes off is a time-free zone when you can just absorb yourself oh, into I just immediately take present. a deep breath. I think ah. of it as organic time. And I found for myself, because I used to be a real-time person, that the more that I do that, the more I feel relaxed and laid back and the thing I like least and the thing that puts me in the most snippiest of moods is feeling rushed. Mm -hmm. I really dislike that feeling and I kind of am going to challenge everybody listening to remind yourself when you're starting to get worked up about, oh, I need to be someplace, that time is something that we're choosing to participate in. And thus, because we are choosing to participate in it, we can choose how we participate mm, in it. Yes. We can choose our response. Maybe there is only five minutes till I've got to go out the door and I didn't realize it. But staying calm and remaining present is going to work a lot better than running around like, like a proverbial chicken. Yes, exactly. So I'm just challenging you to remember when you're starting to get worked up about time or you really feel like you need to see the clock, you really need to look at it. Remember, you are choosing to participate in this concept of time and you can also choose how you participate. Mm. Number three. Number three. Oh, we have this little saying. When hungry, eat. When thirsty, sleep. 
but, <laughs> you but, kind but, of butchered it there. But well, you know, that is kind of the way it is, <laughs> right? With time. Well, yes, that's kind of, that is time. Like, hey, if, um, oh my gosh, it's five o'clock. I need to eat supper. Even though you just had not a late hungry. lunch with your coworkers at three o'clock and you're not hungry, but how many of us sit down and have supper anyway? Because by golly, when it's five or six or whatever the time is that you eat, you eat. Yeah. And and that's I wish that we could listen more to our bodies because time doesn't dictate how we feel. It shouldn't. Our bodies should tell us. But again, mm. we do this thing. Yeah, it almost strips us of hearing the wisdom of our bodies and our minds and our physiology because we learn to depend on those units to tell us what to do. So we stop listening to when I'm tired, when I'm hungry, when I'm thirsty. When we open up to those voices again, Mm -hmm. those voices of our body, then we develop that new wisdom and oh, it's so good. That's why I really love the idea of a whole day or a weekend, if you could do a weekend time free. Oh, yeah. And I mean, put put a little tape over your computer if you have to be on it. Ideally, you're going to get more time in nature. Don't see what time it is when you wake up. Take a nap if you want to. Go to bed when you're tired. Have some food when you're hungry. And give your body a chance to just have its own rhythms and its own cycles. One thing that I've found, we've found together, is that we oddly can have to be someplace, let's say it's something important that's going on in the morning, and we can set our alarm, but we invariably, I mean almost without fail, wake up far before that alarm and in a peaceful way, and your body can learn to do this. In some ways, it's kind of this cool superpower. You can do it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thank you all for listening and for being part of what we do. Yeah, I would love to hear from you. We would love to hear from you about your own experiments in being time-free. Share with us in the comments because it really gets a good dialogue going. And also, you did a video, didn't you? Yeah, we should... uh, link to that. Yeah, like something about are you addicted to time or yeah, so something they, sensational. If you go to the, like <laughs> you go to the um, podcast, page, page. podcast page for this on our website, then you can find the link to that yeah, video. Yeah, so if you go to that video, send us some comments and, and try it out and see what you discover. Well, I think uh, we should check and see if you can actually turn off your, your clock on the phone. I would laugh if you couldn't do it. No, I... Oh, you mean like it's a conspiracy? Yeah, like they don't want you to not see the time, whoever they is. I kind of like my little piece of paper on there. I'll just take it on and off when I need to do I do not think so. I am sorry. That is just not going to work. We'll take our argument away um, and have it elsewhere. But really, much love to you all. Thank you so, so much. <laughs>